0: Welcome, happy Tuesday, happy day before hump day, happy day after Monday, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock, I am Jason Whitlock, your host, Uh, don't adjust your laptop, your phone, your TV screen, whatever, yes, I do look that good, I mean, (laughs) I know you're probably talking, is this the Denzel Washington show, or is this Jason Whitlock, no, it's me, I do look that good. I'm in the, what, what am I now? I am uh, 47 hours into a 72-hour uh, fast. And I'm just glowing. I'm just radiant. I'm, I'm, I'm a pound and a half lighter than I was yesterday. I'm sure you could see that. I'm sure that was probably the first thing that ran through your mind when you uh, popped open the show. It's like, man, Whitlock looks like he lost a pound and a half from yesterday's show. It's true, it, your mind's not playing tricks on you. I have lost a pound and a half since yesterday. It's incredible. And I mean, look how good I look, it's, it's amazing. Uh, anyway, let me stop. Uh, I still got a lot of work to do, uh, but I am soldiering on. Hey, I have an, we have an awesome show uh, planned for you today. Uh, Shamika Michelle is gonna be all over this show. Uh, she's gonna be with me at the top of the show multiple times as I unpack a fire starter. I'm gonna have her help fan the flames. Steve Kim's gonna come in and we'll talk some. Uh, the Nets finished uh, setting themselves on fire last night. They lost to the Celtics. They were swept. Uh, Steve Kim will come in and help me talk about that. And he'll talk about my fire starter as well. But it looks like Kyrie Irvin took some blame last night. Uh, Kevin Durant has fired a shot at Charles Barkley. Who, who? Barkley called him a bus rider, uh, and then Uncle Jimmy will be here, and we'll do an approval rating on uh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, but uh, I still think uh, there's meat on the bones. Oh, and I'm sorry, Shamika Michelle then's going to return back to the show, and her and Uncle Jimmy want to talk about Janelle Monet and you know her saying she's non-binary, and I think. Uh, Shamika wants to ask Jimmy about Grady Jarrett, the Falcons defensive lineman that couldn't get into a a restaurant in Atlanta with his green Gucci sweatsuit, and he's very upset about that. And so, uh, awesome, awesome show. I hope that I don't blow it with this fire starter I'm about to unpack. I hope, and, and by blowing it, it's like, if I don't unpack this concisely, but you, you got plenty of time. And I mean, as good as I look, who wants to leave uh, right away? Anyway, I mean, when you could just be staring at your screen and looking at me when I look this good. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if I lose a pound tomorrow, I may be Denzel size tomorrow. I mean, if I lose another pound. Anyway, uh, let me get to this fire. And I'm going to bring Shamika in and let's bring Shamika in right now. I just want to say hello and and see if she, Shamika, are you ready for this uh, fire uh, that I plan to start? And you know, I'm going to call you to help me fan these flames as I unpack this fire.
1: I'm ready. If I can stop watching you, I think I'll be okay.
0: I can safely say you look better than me which is the highest compliment I could give someone today. Because uh, well, I you. look really good today, but you look better than me, so I don't think I'm shocking. Let, let me get back to starting this fire. Uh, so what I'm umbrelling today's conversation with is Twitter is experiencing a climate change. Elon Musk has changed the climate all around Twitter and social media. And boy, oh boy. This is, like, you heard about the Netflix movie Don't Look Up and how it was all a play, and analogy to climate change and how liberals' hair was on fire. Don't look up, you know, things, blah, blah. This is what's going on right now in liberal land. This climate change that... Elon Musk has brought to the table, uh, has the left completely on fire. They are scared to death about what Musk's $44 billion deal to acquire Twitter, what that means to their ability to control conversation. And so I I just wanna start with, uh, there's a bunch of things I saw over social media, there are things I saw on TV yesterday uh, but one of the funniest was Ari Melber uh, for, from MSNBC. His incredible lack of self-awareness uh, about what this climate change over Twitter means uh, had me nearly wanting to fall on the floor, roll out laughing. So let, let's start with Ari Melber. Let's play that clip.
2: If you own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you, you don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the
0: election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open minded helper. That is not a Saturday Night Live parody. This man just said, hey, they may turn up some things and turn down others and you may not find out about it until after the election. Hello, Ari Melbourne, Hunter Biden's laptop? Hunter Biden's laptop? Are you really that clueless? Are people on the left really that clueless? that he could go on tv and talk about oh my god if elon musk controls twitter he might elevate some stories elevate some points of view and might diminish others you can go on tv and say that and not be aware that that's what twitter has been doing since 2012 for a decade are you kidding me i <laughs> i i, I- I think that's a comedy bit. I honestly think that's Ari Melber trying to be funny, but it gets better. It gets better because Rachel Maddow, as I like to call Joy Reid, Rachel Maddow uh, has, <laughs> Joy Reid has a video, uh, I believe from yesterday, where she's engaging uh, with a uh, the skinny version of Eli Mistal, uh, another, Brown, dark-skinned man with some kind of funny all-white hair. Uh, But they're talking about Elon Musk and what a threat he is to democracy. Let's play this clip.
2: Elon Musk lives in a world in which the only kind of free speech is white men feeling Mm -hmm. free Mm -hmm. to say whatever the hell they want. And what he doesn't understand, what a lot of those folks don't understand, is speech is actually freer when everybody... Everybody not only has the opportunity to have an account and uh, able to afford a phone to be able to tweet, but can feel safe, uh, can know that they're not going to get harassed, can know that they're not going to get outed, can know that they're not going to get piled on by the kind of astroturfed uh, stands of some very rich man. Uh, And this future in which there would actually be more abundant and equitable speech terrifies the crap out of people like Elon Musk.
1: People can leave. They can choose to not be in that space anymore. And some people will. I can tell you, look, if y'all want to follow me on counter social, I'm at Joanne Reed. Okay, I'm just going to throw that out there. uh, And I don't own nothing of it. I'm getting nothing for saying that. I'm just saying there are other places that people can go. Y'all
2: want
0: to follow me on social counter social. I'm just throwing that out there. Y'all can follow me. Joanne Reed. I mean, (laughs) this is like this is supposed to be professional TV. Joy Reid is so deep in the black Twitter abyss that she thinks going on national TV and using that national platform, that's the spot for, hey, I know I went to Harvard University. I know I spent most of my uh, collegiate years and professional career surrounded by white people. I know, but this is the perfect time for me to get on national TV and show everybody I'm just a sister girl from around the way. Y'all can just follow me on social counter account of social at Joe Henry. I, I. This is what climate change does, though. People panic when there is climate change, and I, I, I'm thinking this Twitter climate change is the climate change that the left has been predicting is going to destroy the earth, and and Elon Musk is a meteor that has crashed into their Twitter hemisphere, atmosphere, orbit, and ruined everything. But, no one can take the crown from Sean King. Sean King, uh, the white man who plays black over Twitter and has built a career and a grift off of playing black over Twitter, Uh, the social activist that came to the forefront uh, during uh, the Black Lives Matter, I think the Michael Brown situation is when uh, the CIA or somebody put a battery in Sean King's back and said, white man, go forth and be black and, and take Black people to the abyss. And look, I I originally bought, I've confessed that I originally bought Sean King's act and got caught up in the Michael Brown thing and and the Michael Brown thing and Ferguson, you know, Darren Wilson, for those of you, I gotta refresh your memory. But I got caught up in that. And then I figured out that Sean King was a clown and a fraud. I actually met him, interviewed him uh, for a job at the Undefeated. It became abundantly clear upon meeting the dude hey, this dude is white. Once you start doing the research on his uh, history and, and his claims or whatever, it's like, this dude is lying about being black. He is a complete fraud. This man is irate that an African American bought Twitter. And so here's a Sean King tweet who, he had disappeared from Twitter, but then he came back, I believe yesterday, to announce that Uh, Let me get the first one. At its root, Elon Musk wanting to purchase Twitter is not about left versus right. It's about white power. The man was raised in apartheid by a white nationalist. He's upset that Twitter won't allow white nationalists to target, harass people. That's his definition of free speech. I honestly, I mean, John King has never met Elon Musk. He doesn't know anything about Elon Musk other than what he's read off Wikipedia. And, and he has just assassinated this man's character because he purchased Twitter. Did he buy Tesla for the same reasons or build Tesla or whatever for the same reason? All of his other investments, are they all just an extension of his father's white nationalism? And Sean King wasn't done, I think he came back. Uh, Yeah, he came back. Elon Musk has openly called himself a free speech absolutist, and said that he wants to create a space where anything can be said about anyone. That's why white nationalists are giddy today, here on Twitter and other platforms that I, I, I track daily. It's dangerous. It's as race is their only card. I thought cards had fifty-two, or decks of cards had fifty-two cards in them. We used to play fifty-two pickup. This this deck of cards only has one one card in it, the race card. It's their answer to everything. Elon Musk has bought Twitter. He must be racist. Elon Musk is pro-free speech. He must be racist. Everybody that uh, doesn't go for whatever Sean King, Rachel Maddow, and Ari Melber, whatever the left, the Democratic Party, it's as if they believe the Democratic Party was founded for the emancipation Proclamation of black people you you would think i mean if the way these people act about because that's this climate change affects the left, everybody believes and it's true that Twitter has been a mouthpiece uh for the Democratic Party and for the left, and so anybody elon musk it it must be. Any attack on the left, on the Democratic Party, is now framed as an attack on black people. Are we really that stupid that we think the party that was founded by the KKK, the party that was founded by the KKK to support Democratic policy. We really think that organization's whole mission is the promotion, protection, uh, prosperity, the success of black people is at the forefront of it. Honestly, do we really think that? Because they give away free cell phones and EBT cards and, and started welfare and started the matriarchy, we really think Oh, yeah. This is this is the party for black people. If you think that that means you think giving away free stuff to black people is the key to our salvation charity, that we are a charity. We're the Jerry Lewis telethon for muscular dystrophy. This is insanity. All of these people, Ari Melber, uh, Joy Reid, Sean King. This is their reaction to climate change. Play the race card. Uh, Elon Musk must be a racist. He could have no other motivations other than the destruction of black people. And again, this isn't me caping up for Elon Musk. This is just like, hey man, you got to show me where Twitter was doing anything for black people. You can fall for that black Twitter okey-doke all that you want. But Black Lives Matter, nothing to do with black men or black people. That's an LGBT movement, period, end of story. All right, before I go further, I wanna bring Shamika in because I got other things I wanna get to and I I don't wanna have to have Shamika unpack everything at one time. Uh, Shamika, I I, I just, I wanna start with Sean King and how long he's been allowed to get away with this gimmick and grift. Uh, he, He deactivated his count yesterday, then he's reactivated it again today. Uh, after you know, because he got trashed all over Twitter. Do, do do we think Sean King's reign of terror and that grift it, it, is it over? Is it coming to an end? Do black people still take this white man seriously?
1: I don't think black people really takes him seriously. I think there are a lot of white liberals that continue to push him in front of us. We've had so many people speak out, even the mothers of slain black people, to say he's a grifter. He takes, he uses our name and takes the money and he does whatever he wants to with it. So I think people are really aware of who Sean King is. Sean King is not aware of who he is. I'm actually waiting on a, a boat of lightning to come and take him away from here. Have you ever seen the movie Powder where the, the guy just, you know, he runs through the field with no clothes on and the lightning just takes him away? That's what I'm waiting to happen to Sean King with his, because he's just so white on every level, what he says, how he looks, what he does, and we are all sick of his grifting. Sean King does exactly what he he wants them to do. He is a wrangler or tries to be for black people. Anytime they think that we're getting too far from, I know people don't like this word, the plantation, they call up Sean King and people like Joy Reid to bring us back in. Can never let us get too far. Sean King is the one that is going to chop off our feet.
0: (laughs) He's an overseer and I, I honestly, it's like our lower third graphics that calls him a white supremacist, and I believe he is. I, I I honestly believe he has he everything he's projecting onto Elon Musk, I think speaks to his true feelings. I know he's got a black wife, I know he got some African American kids. This the, the 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 check that he's taken to pretend to be black and to lead black people on a path that leads to our destruction, says everything you need to know about Sean King. He's being paid, he doesn't like black people. He doesn't even he doesn't like himself either. That's the key to hating anyone else, self-hatred. Uh Joy Reid, and I I get that MSNBC pays her a nice check to play the role that she does a, a, as well, but I, I'm, I'm sitting here, this is a Harvard-educated, Ivy League woman that's sitting on TV trying to act like she's a round-the-way girl uh, from, the other, from the other side of the tracks, uh, trying to sell this anti-Elon Musk deal. Is this, Joy Reid and other black leftists that I run into are why I'm so suspicious of the Ivy league education system. I, 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 I think they, they pluck a handful of unqualified black people, bring them onto their campuses, make them feel like, Hey, I'm doing you a favor. And, uh, the rest of their lives, people like Joy Reed feel indebted to the white liberal and they'll dance and do whatever they're told
1: to do. Uh, Joy Reid's sister girl act is an epic fail from the terrible weaves that she wears. And listen, as a black woman, I understand that it's, it's it's difficult. My hair is natural. I find it easier to just wear braids because I can easily get them together before I have to come on camera. So I understand. But her sister girl act as if she is just down and so, you know, hood is an epic fail. I don't understand how they allow her to spew such racist hatred every day on MSNBC. I don't even understand how those words get past her neck that looks like a pack of hot dogs. Listen, if Joy was so in tune to the black community, she would know even trying to push Elon Musk as a racist is not gonna go over well. You need to then talk to all the black rappers who have Tesla in their songs. That's all they ride around in town with, you know, the drug dealers and the the rappers or successful black men. Tesla is like the I have made it. So now you want us to believe that I have made it came from a racist simply because you don't want free speech on a platform because this is really what this is about. Now you want to try to paint him as a a racist when black men love his product and have for a very long time, so joy, your sister girl is really out of touch. It's not working. It's not going to work.:
0: Shamika uh, sit with me for another minute. I want to unpack another part of my fire starter here, and I'll circle right back to you. Uh, it's this next part about this climate change is how Twitter amplifies ignorance more than it silences dissent. And, and again, this is part of an explanation of why Twitter is so important. And, and, and it's not, I think a lot of conservatives right now are running around celebrating, oh look, my Twitter follower's growing. And, and, and mine has been too ever since Musk started talking about this three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever it was, and I think overnight, over in the last 24 hours since he bought it. My following, I may have jumped four or 5,000. And and so I think we think like that's the big win here is that, hey, they've been silencing us and now they won't silence us. They'll let our followings and reach grow. That's a nice benefit. But, but, But what we really need to focus in on is what Twitter amplifies and that, Just because our voices may finally be uh, given its proper reach, proper following, whatever, does not mean that Twitter is going to stop amplifying some voices and some people more than others. And, And that's the real concern and the real damage of Twitter, what it amplifies and why it it has the ability to amplify certain voices because Twitter is the newspaper for journalists. That's where Twitter's real power comes from, is it sets the agenda for newspapers and virtually the rest of the media. People go to Twitter, what's trending? And that's how they determine what's important. What's gonna gain traction? What should we talk about? What should we write about? Twitter sets the table for that across America, and probably, I can't say that I've lived any other place, but probably across the globe, it has that impact. To decide what the rest of the media talks about. We handed that job over to people with with no journalistic credentials. We handed that over to activists who have been manipulated by the Democratic Party and pressure from the left and Barack Obama. Again, this is where idolatry is dangerous because we've placed Obama on some pedestal that like he's the voice of God and he's the closest thing to God and he's the ultimate authority. And so if he says something is misinformation or disinformation or harmful or what, oh, his point of view matters more than everyone else. And he must be right. And so we must silence this group and amplify this group. And, and the amplification of ignorance is what bothers me the most. Is it, it, and Twitter's ability to distort who and what is important. For the last decade, at least, I, I'm just going to say decade. But I, you know, I got on Twitter in 2009, and so I, I think maybe it came out in 2007. Uh, but over the last decade, Twitter has been the authority on who matters in journalism. Again, that that's not 100 percent accurate about everybody. Like people like Charles Barkley. He never got on Twitter. So he's not really judged by Twitter. But 95% of the media has hopped onto Twitter at some point and have exposed themselves to being judged by their Twitter following. And the quickest way to gain a Twitter following is to promote ignorance. And this is particularly true for black people on Twitter. And that's why they came up with the concept of black twitter to promote black ignorance so that they could wrap all of their ignorant policies and agenda in a black package so that if anybody spoke against that agenda oh you're racist the only reason why you're against black lives matter it's not the marxism it's not the promotion of of blowing up the nuclear family it's not the lgbtq uh, movement that's baked right into it, that is really the primary, it can't be. The, the only reason you can criticize BLM is because you're racist. And that has been how they have silenced and shut down everybody, and they have promoted. If, if you're Beaumont Jones, They make you a star. Twitter does, it amplifies your voice and pretends like you're one of the smartest people on the planet when you're not, when you have no journalistic accomplishments. If you're DeRay McKesson, and run around in a little blue vest, sleeveless vest, and just show up in Ferguson, Twitter will pretend like, and grant you a million followers, and pretend like you're the second coming, that you're the gay MLK. That, that will justify you getting invited to the White House by Barack Obama, repeat, oh, look at his Twitter following. He's important. They gay DeRay McKesson, no one knows who DeRay McKesson was. He was a teacher, I believe, on the East Coast, drove to Ferguson, Missouri, and somehow built a platform as the gay Martin Luther King. DeRay McKenna. No one knows anything about him. He had no following before Twitter and before Ferguson. He just popped out of nowhere. No different than Sean King, who they gave a following over social media. This, again, a man, a white man pretending to be black was granted a following over Twitter and had his voice amplified like he mattered. I'm going to give you one of the Great examples in sports journalism. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for this, it's just the facts. Jamel Hill. Jamel J- Hill allegedly is a journalist. Her greatest contribution to journalism is a tweet. Now, I just, there's not a journalist alive who would not be embarrassed by the fact that, hey, I got 20 years in this thing and the only thing people know about me is a tweet. A 14 or 15 word tweet. No substance, no facts, no information. A tweet of an unfounded opinion is what you're known for. That's embarrassing. Jamel Hill. Her whole relevant Donald Trump is a white supremacist who has largely surrounded himself with other white supremacists. That's her contribution to journalism, a half-baked opinion spewed over Twitter. This is who Twitter elevates and platforms, clowns like Jamel Hill. I'm let me dig an inch deeper, and and. What, what Twitter has done, black Twitter. If you're a local rapper with gang connections and you get killed, Twitter will make you an icon. Twitter will pretend like you're Tupac Shakur, Nipsey Hussle, Young Dolph. These guys were local rappers. And, and, and I know Nipsey Hussle had a bit higher profile than the young Dolph, the kid from Memphis. But we have run around now for two or three years since Nipsey Hussle got killed by a gang member. We've run around and acted like he's Tupac Shakur. And everybody's pretending like they listen to his music. That's Twitter. Young Dolph. When I first heard the name, I was like, he plays for the Dolphins? Is that who? Who? Had never heard of him. No one had ever heard of him outside of Memphis. This was not some mega star. This was not Tupac Shakur. This wasn't Biggie Smalls. This is a local rapper in Memphis, and again, who's. Contributions to the community have been completely exaggerated, and I know by me saying this, I'm run the risk of pissing off the the Crips and the Bloods or whatever set Nipsey Hussle claim. But his impact on the community exaggerated because of Twitter, because Twitter has made the death of rappers one of the most profound acts or tragedies in American history. The the very people that rap about killing each other and dealing drugs and getting over on each other, when they get shot and, and killed, when they die as violently as their music, oh my God, let's fly in every uh, minister and, and let's televise their funerals. Let's have a parade down the middle of the city. That's Twitter. That's the power of Twitter and the ability to define what's important and to take. People who promote every debaucherous Satanist, violent, ignorant behavior and make you think they're important and that they lived a righteous life and that they're a role model for your kids and you should want to be Nipsey Hussle or Young Dolph. I'm not trying to, these men have passed. I'm not trying to denigrate. I'm just speaking facts about what has been done to us through Twitter. They've built up every false God you can think of. That's your role model. That's your culture. That's who your kids should aspire to be. Put tax and gold chains all over your body. Talk ignorantly to each other, write music that denigrates black women, black people, black men promotes violence, promotes sexual immorality. That's your God. Twitter is one of the most evil places on the planet, if not the most evil. You can tell by the gods it promotes. I'm going to lighten up on this next just example of, of. just I'm just trying to give you different ways to access the point that I'm talking about. Maybe the rap thing isn't for you. Maybe you don't get that one. But take for someone like me. Sports writer, love reading about sports. Bill Simmons, my favorite sports columnist of all time. That dude wrote some of the funniest, most profound, uh, entertaining pieces I've ever read in my life. Love Bill Simmons. Made me laugh out loud, made me think. Uh, I, I'm, so, you know, there's a lot of my peers that very. He wrote too long. I didn't. He didn't come up from a traditional background. I don't care. I just know I enjoyed reading him. Felt like he came from an honest place. Twitter completely changed Bill Simmons. Made him abandon all of his authenticity made him abandon all of his masculinity, turned him into a social justice warrior. Ruined Bill Simmons. He quit writing columns. And he quit because he knew, it's harder to lie in writing than it is talking in a podcast. Talking on a podcast and pretending that you're woke uh, is easy. But if you gotta write it, and plus if there's an archive of what you've written previously, and people can just say, you wrote this, in uh, 2008, why are you writing this in 2020 or 2018? And so he quit writing because he didn't want to be compared to what he really thought and what he really used to write. That's the power of Twitter. He sold out because he wanted a massive Twitter following and you know you can't tell the truth and build a massive Twitter following. It completely corrupted and destroyed Bill Simmons. It's a tragedy for me. I'm going to bring Shamika back here. I want to ask her one about my Jamel Hill point, and then secondly about my point about rappers. Uh, Shamika, uh, welcome back. Uh, Jamel Hill, to me, has has remained relevant and and built a following based off a single tweet that said virtually nothing uh, of any substance and now gets to run around like she's a public intellectual and an influencer. I think it's intentional that uh, people of little substance are promoted to these positions. Uh, she doesn't have enough substance to be an intellectual heavyweight. And so Twitter's put her on steroids and giving her fake muscles. Uh, your, your take on Jamel Hill.
1: I totally agree with you. I think that's when her name became most known to me after she made that tweet and she had the you know, stuff to happen for her job because of it. That's when she became known to me. And as you know, she came after me for going against Uh, black lives matter and i totally agree with what you're saying as far as them giving voice to people who just play the role to keep black people stuck i've been saying this for years listen that's one of the things i'm looking forward to with elon musk taking over i am hoping to just have a voice I don't have a problem with people coming after me, criticizing me, putting me down. I can deal with that. I never read a tweet or a comment and go get in my bed and pull the covers over my head and cry. That has never happened to me. All I'm asking is the opportunity to be able to let my voice be heard. And I have been silenced on multiple platforms. I was silenced on Facebook. Twitter suspended my account for two months. Instagram took away my ability to go live. So all I've ever asked for is the opportunity to be able to say something different. You know, I can look on Twitter and see someone named Miss Titty Kitty verified and esteemed like this is the the next best thing. Whereas I just want to be known. yes, I am the person on Fearless with Jason Whitlock. Yes, that is me that wrote that book. Yes, that is me that you've seen on Newsmax or Fox News. But my they won't even let my voice be heard, because anytime I say something positive that I think can help people advance to the next level, I'm silenced. And I said for a long time, if I was shaking my ass, if I was naked, if I was talking negative things about black men, my voice would be amplified. I would be all over the place the way they push The LGBTQ agenda, the way they push fights and violence online. I posted a a, a video of a man being murdered about two years ago. I did it on purpose to see if it would last. It's still up. It's still up on one of my social media accounts because this is allowed. This is what they like. But I've had so many things taken down, including saying Father's Day was for men because it would actually elevate and esteem men or the black community. But they love to push you know, things that are very negative towards black people. And I agree. These rappers that you talked about, I had never heard of them until they died. Then we made them martyrs. Then we made them Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And like, they were so important to the black community. We push death as a people, when you were talking about what we like to hear in black Twitter, we push death. We're constantly talking about white supremacy, but you don't hear white people rapping about murdering us. You don't hear them rapping about that. You don't hear white people calling us bitches and hoes. You don't hear white people putting out music about that. You hear us pushing death in our own community, and I mean death culture, sexual immorality, we push that amongst each other. So for us to constantly be pointing the finger saying white supremacy is what our our biggest fear is, no, we love and support and push death culture, and these social media platforms have upheld us to be able to do it. So I totally agree with, with your take. It's so sobering.
0: Let me do one more little segment here. Hopefully I can keep this tight, uh, but I want your to take on my last little part about this Twitter climate change we're experiencing thanks to Elon Musk. And, and, and this focuses in on a point I made yesterday with Royce White about how Twitter must leave Northern California. That, that's the only option for if, if Elon Musk is serious about changing Twitter and making it a platform for free speech, it has to exit Northern California. You, you can't. And this is where Royce and TJ Moe and Dave Shannon and myself have expressed some concerns that relates to Elon Musk. Our understanding is he's an atheist. And so my understand my belief is, and, and Royce brought this out and it really rang true to me that, Hey man, can you really protect American freedom and be the voice of free speech? If you're an atheist and don't believe in God, because America, whether you like it or not, was founded on biblical principles. And and I, I know the lefts are, oh, hold on, they were slave owners. How could it be founded on biblical principles? Because those men were flawed and sinful does not mean that they couldn't create a document that was free of those sins. Again, there hasn't been a man that's walked this planet other than Jesus free of sin. And so what sin someone has or is prone to all over the map but all of us all of us are sinful in nature and no different than Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Ben Franklin or any of the people that founded the United States of America. I believe I was doing the more than 140 men signed at least one of the four founding documents, uh, the Continental Articles of Confederation, I believe, is one, or the Continental Alliance, the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, and my mind is four original documents that are considered the founding documents, 145 men, I believe, signed at least one of them. I'm sure that of that 145, uh, some of them were probably gay because th- this, this whole little objection to uh, America's biblical founding and why they wanna rewrite the Constitution and why they want to uproot America's biblical principles, at this point, it comes down to the gay issue, the gay question, and this is why Twitter has to move out of Northern California, and again, It does these men owned slaves, I'm sure that cheated on their wives. They did all kinds of sinful things. When they, the documents that they agreed to sign, Declaration of Independence and U.S. Constitution in particular, were biblically inspired. Much, the principles all came, principles and values came from the Bible. And so the Bible's pretty, pretty clear on where it comes down On homosexuality and sexual immorality Bible's crystal clear and I read this this morning just in preparation about gluttony I mean there's so many Bible passages that speak against gluttony and I'm sure some of the founders were as gluttonous as I am and so the difference is in Northern California take me I don't wanna normalize gluttony. I don't wanna normalize being obese and overweight. I recognize that my gluttony, that I participate in, there's no, I'm in the middle of a fast right now, but at any time I could spin off the road and hit a McDonald's drive through or hit a Wendy's drive through or go to my favorite restaurant, Cane Prime, and act in a gluttonous fashion. I'm never going to say it's the right thing to do. I'm never going to try to normalize it. I'm never going to tell other people, you must accept my gluttony or you're fat phobic. People look at me and my fatness and my gluttony and they're like, man, that's a mistake, but that's his business. We shouldn't build Build it into law. We shouldn't make airplanes build wider seats for me. I'm just I'm just sorry. And so the same thing, the difference in Northern California is they want to normalize and impose their sexual morality values that are in objection to biblical values. They want to impose that on the rest of, the, of America. And, and we have somehow made it up in our mind that my lust for food is not as important as man's lust for another man or woman's lust for another woman. And so again, what I'm saying is, they're forcing us to embrace co-sign, sign sign off, oh, your lust for another man? Jason Whitlock and other people, despite whatever their religious upbringing, whatever their beliefs are, must sign off on that, must applaud that, must be all on board with it. That's the culture of Northern California. And that culture prioritizes feelings over facts. And that's why we're in this, Twitter promotes this whole thing of like, oh, you feel like a woman even though there's a penis hanging between your legs. Let's build laws in a society that recognizes and affirms your feelings. We don't have to affirm the facts. Let's build a society that operates on your feelings. And so if you feel like the police are more dangerous than the Crips and the Bloods. Let's build a society and a system that affirms that feeling. Let's defund the police. Let's put them on equal footing or below the footing of gangs. Because that's how you feel. You had that one experience with a cop who mistreated you and, and, and now, There may have been a dozen members of your family that have been shot by police, you may have, I mean by gang members, you may have been beaten up, harassed, bullied by gang members, but you feel like that one incident with a police officer trumps the funerals you attended of friends who were killed by gang members, Uh, the, the friends or yourself who've been robbed by gang members, Uh, harassed by gang members, had their neighborhoods devalued by gang members. But you feel like that one incident, or maybe it was two incidents that you had with police where they talk rudely to you. They're more dangerous than gangs. And so based on that feeling, let's defund the police. That's the society Northern California is promoting. Someone with a penis can feel like a woman, let's build a society that reflects that, let's normalize that, let's build laws around that, let's, let's go all in on that. You can't headquarter the place for free speech in a culture, in a community, that prioritizes feelings over facts. Can't clean up Twitter in Northern California it has to be relocated to Texas, to Florida, to Tennessee, to someplace else that isn't Northern California, the home for feelings over facts, the home for the LGBTQ, the home for the uh, uh, revolutionary racist Black Panther Party that feels like America is defined by systemic racism. See, that's just, that's not factually true. If you have any understanding of our founding documents, if you have a mature read on America's narrative arc, systemic racism does not define America. Correcting racism Correcting sexism. Correcting even homophobia. Because I'm saying, because again, I don't want anybody, because I certainly don't have any hard feelings, any trepidation about working with, being friends with, treating as full American citizens, uh, people that are same-sex attracted. None. I want them to treat me the same as as, as as they treat me because I'm fat and gluttonous. But Amer- the, the, we have been in the process of being more tolerant. That doesn't mean approve, but that means, hey man, you better not. Beat up a gay person or bully a gay person over their sexuality? You better not. That is horrific and wrong, and we will not stand for it. You can do that while not approving of their sexual sexual choice. Again, just like you can be friends with me and not approve of my gluttony. You can be my best friend and be an objection to how I eat. I've dated women who love me, but certainly did not approve of my gluttony. So again, I can love a gay person. Doesn't mean I have to approve of their lifestyle. I can with, I can hold on to my Christian values, understand that these Christian values baked into our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our our Declaration of Independence, are what made America great, and we cannot abandon those principles to protect the feelings of people who want to undermine those biblical principles found in the constitution and that have defined America and made America great. But Twitter is so clever with its black packaging and black Twitter, they have made people that are like, Hey man, I'm, I'm good with gay people. I just don't approve of what they're doing. No different. They've made them the new races. They've made them the dregs of society. They, they've analogized gay and black to mean the same thing. Black is the new gay. They have tied black people to the LGBT movement. That's why someone like a Jamel Hill or anybody, go read her Twitter feed, her tweets, always caping up, and, oh, I got to stand for uh, the, the, the transgenders and Disney and L. Duncan, all that. All the trans, because Ron DeSantis uh, puts in a bill protecting parental rights and doesn't want teachers teaching sexuality and gender to kindergartners through third grade. Because he thinks that's the parents' job, to teach sexuality and gender to their kids. And generally speaking, it takes two heterosexual people to create a child. He wants the parents in charge of that, not teachers. Disney and L. Duncan and all the uh, black leftists. Oh, don't say gay. And we have to, this is an affront to to gay people. They, this adoption of this Democratic Party and all the Democrats' values has made black people abandon our biblical values. We've run completely away from them in the name of politics. We're more Democrat than we are anything. And so being Democrat means you're a soldier in the alphabet mafia. And if you can't see that Northern California and the culture from Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram, to Google, all of it is about creating an environment where we throw out the Constitution and rewrite it. And, and. The very thing, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, the very thing that liberated black people here in America, we want to throw out and rewrite because the LGBT movement says so. The LGBT wants a constitution that has no biblical values and principles because that serves them. It's a mistake, and I'm sorry, and I I don't, it's a mistake. And so if Elon Musk wants me to take seriously, he's going to revamp, redo uh, Twitter, and this climate change that he's instituting is going to be real, they have to get out of Northern California and exist in a community where those values are supported. Biblical values are supported. If they stay in Northern California, the workforce, people attracted to live in that area, the people at the top of the Twitter food chain, will all be a reflection of Northern California and the values that have been there, as I've, I've explained in previous Fire Starters, It's been there since the, the 1849 gold rush. If you, if you never read or saw me talk about the 1849 gold rush and why the San Francisco 49ers football team are called the 49ers because of the gold rush in 1849 and how many men descended upon Northern California in that gold rush. San Francisco at one point was like 91, 92% men, that whole Bay area flooded with men chasing gold in the 1840s and 50s. And that's where the gay movement took root, where there were no women. That is what has defined Northern California, greed and homosexuality, and transgenderism, and cross-dressing, and all of that. That's not me, I I did the research, It's gay newspapers have written about this. This isn't me being homophobic. This is me sticking to the facts. I'm a facts over feelings person. You found, you headquarter your social media company there. You're going to be a reflection of that environment. Black Panthers, no respect for America and its Constitution. LGBT, Alphabet Mafia, doesn't like the biblical founding of this country. That's what is reflected there. Move Twitter to Texas, get a different employee base, and then Twitter really does change. Uh, Shamika. uh, I don't have a a, a great question for you here, but I just your thoughts on my last little bit here about you got to move Twitter and it's if you're based in Northern California, you're going to reflect Northern California's values.
1: I totally agree. I think they need to be somewhere where they can have employees that are going to be logical. And I didn't know that story about the 49ers. Thank you. And it made complete sense when you said that there were you know, it was 90% men and I was thinking it's still 90% men, but instead of chasing gold, they're chasing other men. Thank you. You taught me something today. Um, But I do believe that we have a problem with people sitting behind these computers that have no moral compass at all. And they have an issue with people who do. I think the best way to be is even if you disagree with someone, like you were saying, you can hang around someone who is homosexual, but not agree with the lifestyle, I think the best way to be is to be able to say, okay, we disagree, but I'm not getting ready to come to your side. You may not come to my side, but I respect where you are. I respect that you should be treated right. You shouldn't be harmed. You shouldn't be, you know, murdered for your thoughts. And it is what it is. What I've seen though, from the people that obviously work on these platforms behind these computers, is they want you to think exactly like they think. I did a video some years ago where I said, gay is not the new black. I had so many gay people upset with me, sending me history of gays. Well, there were there were gay pharaohs and there, there were gay people back. I don't care. I don't think that that is natural. I don't believe that that is the way of God. If you want to believe that, that's fine, but you cannot get me to change my mind. I can respect you. I don't want to see you hurt, but I don't have to believe what it is you believe. And I think so many of them want us to believe that and live that. And we're just not going to do it. And so yeah. Oh, Hold for
0: I- one second, Jamika. I I want to I want to maybe a point of contention.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I I do think same sex attraction may come naturally to some people. It, it, it they were I, born that way. I, I I, and so some people, like my gluttony. I think comes a bit naturally. People like food. And I certainly like it, enjoy it for entertainment purposes or whatever. But just because your nature is sinful and, you know, compels you to do sinful, th- doesn't mean you should act upon it, that you should have some sort of you should have some sort of discipline. I, I, I'm not I'm not making the gluttonous analogy to be flippant or funny or what. I'm just trying to keep it real. I, I'm again, I'm 48 hours into a 72-hour fast the past few days. I've been reading Bible scriptures about gluttony, and there are many, probably more about gluttony than homosexuality. There are many passages in the Bible that go over why gluttony is a bad thing. And so despite whatever my instincts or desires are as it relates to food, I have to recognize this is not the proper lifestyle, according to my beliefs. And, but remove my beliefs, I think it harms me, harms other uh, fat people. And, and I think God believes that that kind of immoral sex harms, and no different than sex outside of marriage, no different than promiscuous sex. These are harmful activities that... God doesn't want you participating in and And really, if you even took God out of it, common sense doesn't want you participating in a lot of these immoral activities, gluttonous activities, whatever. And and so the Bible is, I mean, the the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the the Declaration of Independence, these are logic-driven documents as well. And they're founded on, on principles that lead us to a better place. And, and, and so I just, I don't want to, uh, I, I, I wanna be careful as to not say like, hey, you were born that way, you feel that way. There's a lot of things that I feel that I shouldn't act on. And, and again, this is where this whole feelings over facts or feelings, in control of everything is just wrong, and we have to put a stop to it. And again, when you have a, a culture like San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Northern California, where everything is being driven by feelings and how someone feels. And again, I, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna say something that'll sound flip, but I see a beautiful woman, and there are things I would like to feel, but I have to show some discipline and some restraints and be a, a better person, let alone a Christian, and just not act on everything that I feel. And, and, and so that's my problem with Northern California. We want to create a society and laws and, and normalize feelings over facts and truth. And that's a very dangerous society that that will fall into the kind of chaos we have right now going on in America. And it's especially acute in cities like San Francisco and in in the whole state of California. Now, take the conversation wherever you want to go from there.
1: Okay, so if they were born that way, then I think that's why the Bible says you must be born again, because you have to take off your sinful nature and put on the whole armor of God even but i'm not gonna preach (laughs) but even with that said i think people having a moral compass is is it's not wrong you don't have to come against it simply because you don't believe that and so i do think they need to have employees that can respect what someone else believes without trying to change them into who they are and as we talk about the bible jason I honestly think they're gonna get rid of the Bible. There's gonna be a movement that's going to try and remove the Bible, period, out of churches. We're seeing so much happen happen with them changing scripture. So I just want to throw that out there. That's my prediction that they're gonna really there's gonna be a movement to get rid of the Bible even in churches. That's gonna that's gonna come down the pipe.
0: I I could definitely see it. Uh, Shamika. I went much longer than I anticipated, and so I'm going to ask you to hang tight. I'm going to apologize to Steve Kim. We're going to kick Steve Kim to the curb. I apologize, Steve. We'll circle back to you tomorrow. Shamika. you hang tight. I'm going to bring Uncle Jimmy out. Uh, I know you guys got a couple of questions you want to throw at each other, and then we'll get to an approval rating on uh, Kyrie Irving with Uncle Jimmy, but before I do any of that, I want to tell you, have you ever had an issue with employee attendance? How about dealing with employee performance issues, or maybe you want to implement a better company culture, or are you just stressed out about navigating through HR compliance? For many that are in business for themselves and are in small business owners, this is all very real. That's why you need to see our new friends over at Bambi. Bambi is an HR platform built for businesses like yours, so you can automate the most important HR practices and get your own dedicated HR manager. With Bambi, you'll gain access to their HR Autopilot, which will automate your core policies, workplace training, and employee feedback. Bambi's here to help small business owners implement good HR practices. An in-house HR manager salary can cost up to $80,000 a year. But with Bambi, you get your own dedicated HR manager starting at at just $99 a month. No hidden fees and you can cancel at any time. Go to Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash fearless right now for your free HR audit. That's Bambi spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash fearless. Bambi dot com slash fearless. Guys, look. I'm in a similar situation, small team, uh, going independent in conjunction with the Blaze. And many of you out there, as America has gone very chaotic and stock market's gone crazy, job market's gone crazy. COVID did a job on small business owners. You're trying to figure out how to properly manage your business. Couldn't give you a better recommendation than Bambi. They can help. The small business owner cut down costs, become more self-sufficient, become more profitable. It's a great recommendation. That's Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash fearless. All right. Uncle Jimmy and Shamika.
2: Next. We must exist in a state of man glorious as we are protected by the red, the white and the blue. But remember, the mind is the key. The fearless soldier pledges to place God first and foremost in his everyday endeavors of life. We the fearless army are one nation under God, indivisible with freedom and a belief in the American dream. The men bold enough to join our movement comprise what we like to call the new dream team. We are leaders of our families, our churches, and And of of this this nation. nation. We reject the seeds of division that are planted by corporate media misinformation. We affirm that all men are created equal and are endowed with inalienable rights, which are granted by our Heavenly Father. We are bound by honor to accept God's challenge, to take the flag and lead, to cherish, to protect, and to nurture the life of our unborn seed. I am a fearless soldier, so shed no tears for me. I am not a victim. I am the man that God made me to be. Amen.
0: All right, welcome back. Uncle Jimmy's here. Uh, we'll talk about an approval rating for uh, Kyrie Irving, even though we didn't talk about him on the day show. I got very uh, long-winded. I couldn't let go of my Twitter topic. Uh, yeah. I, Shamika yeah. did a great job helping me out. Shamika Sh- did what Shamika's supposed to do.
2: Shamika did her best. Jennifer. Hudson impersonation, you know, from Dream Girl. She just sit, laid it down. And I'm telling you, I'm not going. <laughs> and she just stayed all day. I mean, look, I can guarantee you, Steve Kim was sitting up there like, Jay, uh, hello, uh, I've got some things to say here. Sharika, you, you handled, you represented. Way to go, girl.
0: Uh, she you. did I'm do good a good nice good. job. She did, but I'm what about me? I'm, what about me, Jim? What about you? I was a part of that hour and Jason, Jason, a...
2: Jason, Jason, you, yeah. you are a man of many words. Okay? Shamika is a woman of very few words, and her, her words are powerful. There's substance in what she says. And me? They, your words come from a place deep in the bellows of your bowels. <laughs>
0: Look, you know what? I'm gonna quit. Yeah, come fish. on, let's go. I'm gonna quit fishing for compliments. I gave myself enough compliments when I talked about how good you I am. You
2: want was. a compliment? Hey, man, you need to stop wearing that jacket. You're starting to look like a, a broke ass Al Roker. That jacket's looking real shabby on you, man. Start getting something to fit you. That jacket's too big. <laughs> come on, man. For real, look at you. Look, look on your sleeves, man. Jamaica, look at him. Don't he look bad? Come on, man. <laughs> let's go. Tony, look at him around the sleeves.
1: I've ever known. There's
0: no way I can ever go. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That was better than her comment on No,
2: no, no, no way.
0: Come on, let's go, (laughs) Shemeika. Yeah, let's go. You said you had a question. (laughs) Yeah. You said you had a question Um, for Shemeika. Shemeika. Yeah. Yes.
2: And I couldn't, I don't don't know why. Um, I thought about you when I was watching this. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith on the red tabletop had... KC's own, Janelle Monet, by the way.
0: Kansas City's own. KC's well, own. Can- KC, I was thinking KC and JoJo.
2: Kansas City's own, okay. Janelle Monet. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, uh, as they say, homegirl, she's a true homegirl. Um, Janelle came out on the red table and announced that she was non-binary. Um, and she had a few more words to just basically say that Basically, you're the mother of three. Uh, What was your thoughts of this? Uh, How do you handle that when your daughter decides that she's non-binary? What's going on with that? What do you think about that?
1: First, let me say that I think Janelle Mon- Monet is a beautiful woman. She's very talented. But as a mother of three, I and I understand she's from Kansas City, you're not in Kansas anymore. This is the real life, and that's the dumbest thing that I have ever heard. For her to say that she doesn't identify as a woman or a man, she said that, you know, God is so big that it's bigger than the he or the she, and because she's from God, she's everything. That's just ridiculous. And she sounds confused. And of course she would go to the red table talk with Jadabel Bell Pinkett Smith to say such foolish foolishness. This is crazy to me that we're allowing people to sit in such mental illness and want to be called they and them. When you're a singular person, you're male or female, period. And I don't care how talented you are. I don't care how beautiful you are. You cannot make sense of this. And listening to Red Table Talk, anybody that watches the show, it is like watching bad porn. All you hear the entire show is "mm, yes, ooh, as if they're really saying something deep. And it's, I Everybody knows how I feel about Jada. If your woman watches Red Table Talk, you you are doomed because you are with someone that has absolutely no logic and no sense at all. I I'm I was disgusted, Uncle Jimmy. I think it's ridiculous just because they're pushing foolishness and Jada actually loves this that three of those women sit around, and I don't even know why we think we can trust Jada at this point. Big chin Ooh. Jada was very different. Big chin Jada, you remember with the clip in her chin, that was the one that Grant Hill fell in love with. That's the one that Tupac liked. Big Chin Jada set it off. We should have known we could not trust her anymore when she snuck off and got that little chin. We should have known that we could never trust her again because this little Chin Jada is, is not, not Big Chin Jada at all.
0: You know this. I don't understand the non-binary thing. I don't understand. I really don't understand bringing God into it. Uh, you know, and God is everything. If God is everything, and God states quite clearly that He created man and then made woman as a helpmeet, I think He's already He defined the binary. And so when you start talking about you're non-binary, you're basically rejecting God, so why are you bringing God into this? But that's the confusion promoted in Hollywood or Uh, Hollyweird. The thing that
2: kills me uh, about the whole thing uh, with the Red Table is if you watched it, there was the daughter, Willow, there with the shaved head and the Chuck Taylors, right? But then if you look at the son, Jaden, you see him on another interview with pink curly hair. You know, I mean, what the what, what, what the hell is really going on here? And, and and truthfully, man, if not, you know, nowadays they act like it's a big deal that they say I'm pansexual, non-binary, uh, I can sleep with, do what I want to do with. Well, they had a name for that when we was coming up, too. Grandma would tell you it's called being a hoe. <laughs> right or wrong? huh? They go home would sleep with whoever they wanted to. Or like, wait a minute, I ain't saying that your mama's a hoe, but she got a problem with saying no. <laughs> okay, there you go, man. There you go. Uh, Ready? Yeah. Let- you got one for me, Jamaica?
1: Yes, I do. So there was this football player uh, in Atlanta who, uh, what's his name? Grady Jarrett, I believe is his name, or yes. something like yeah. that. Yeah. He was denied entrance into a French restaurant because of his clothing. I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, the same thing happened with Keisha Lance Bottom, who said she was denied entrance into a restaurant because she had on leggings. Uh, Uncle Jimmy, I'm gonna shoot this to you because you know you're the man of fashion. (laughs) What do you think about what he had to say and him being denied entrance?
2: First of all, I would like to say, we, wee. Monsieur, Monsieur, boom, boom. Okay, I, I understand. Uh, he, he's telling you that he's got on a Gucci suit. Okay, you have to understand. You, you, you're making him apply to some dress codes that you know. He's just telling you, man. This is Gucci. How you gonna tell me? Sometimes when you get, when you get there in life, you know, you think you're bigger than the rules. The rules don't apply to you because you paid your dues. Now, Shaminka, I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, back in Kansas City, we had a journalist that worked for the Kansas City Star. OK, and we had an a, a area in Kansas City that was called the Power and Light District. And that's where people went and hung out and did their nightlife. Well, one night, this journalist from the Kansas City Star was trying to enter a club and they told him he couldn't come in because his attire didn't fit what they did. Now I don't know, but the next day on the Kansas City Star, this story was on the front page about this journalist who was denied entry. I don't even remember what that colored boy's name was. His name was <laughs>
0: Jason. You remember that story? I do remember the story. Why uh, oh,
2: you get quiet? <laughs> he didn't think I was gonna call him out on this thing.
0: <laughs> I do remember the story. And if, look. <laughs> Power and Light at that time, downtown uh, Kansas City area, hot spot for bars and restaurants or whatever. Uh, this is when it first popped off, and they were getting allegations. We, we, we didn't call it the Power and Light District. Power and White is what okay, they called ahead. it. But uh, <laughs> they were getting allegations that they were discriminating against black men. Right. I didn't go down there as a test. I just went down there with some friends. And I was wearing uh, some Troy McSwain tailor-made shorts and a shirt, button-up collared shirt, both of them black. Both, you know, I, I can't even remember the material they were made out. But it wasn't. It was just all black. It wasn't flamboyant. It wasn't anything. It's in the summer. Other people there are wearing shorts. This is a shirt with a collar, buttoned up. It's just, and they denied me. And, uh, you know, but, but, but you was looking good. Yeah.
2: No, like you said, you, you was wearing some Troy McSwain. <laughs> Am I right? Now he just said, I'm wearing Troy. Mc- I mean, so how dare you?
0: It, it was, it was odd. And I did just, people were complaining at that time about how they were handling dress code and how they were dealing with, uh, black men down there at the time. And so, yeah, I did write about it. I, I was, Upset that they denied me. And, uh, you know, so it, it, it does happen. Uh, as it relates to Grady Jarrett, I'll, you know, come the guy's wearing a green sweatsuit. Come on, man. The business says they don't want sweatsuits. I think this is a nothing burger. I think the, Keisha Lands Bottoms, the leggings deal, Capitol Grill. I, I, I don't think this we're talking about Atlanta, Chocolate City. Hey, man, I could don't... you
2: imagine seeing Keisha Lance Bottoms and some leggings? <laughs>
0: Woo! OK, go but ahead. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't think Atlanta, Chocolate City is really trying to deny uh, black patrons into their restaurants. So I, I kind of think this is people overreacting. And, you know, the mayor, Atlanta Falcons football player. Hey, the rules don't apply to me.
2: You know the, the, what this is starting to come off as? Hey, man, our people are starting to really get thirsty. We're running out of stories to talk about for, who hey, this is blackness. They mistreated me.
0: they be running out of things to complain about, man. We've run out of racism. There's not enough racism, so we're creating it. But, Shamiga, what are your thoughts?
1: I think he looked like an overpriced cornball or an expensive leprechaun. I I think he looked silly, and (laughs) I agree with you that, you know, it's Atlanta. I don't think it had anything to do with them being black. They probably are used to black patrons. He just looked crazy, and as money can't buy you love, money obviously can't buy you taste, because that just looked foolish to me.
0: Mm -hmm. Jamika, we've overworked you, so I'm gonna let you go. Thank you so much. Uh, for Kelly, he' gonna to get that.
2: an overtime slip for
1: it. <laughs> <Tell> <laughs> <him>. <laughs> I feel like I uh, Jim, let's go to our.
0: Never that, uh, Jim. We're letting Shamika go. Let's get to our approval rating on Kyrie Irving. That you know the the Nets got swept last night, uh, 4-0 by the Celtics. Kyrie Irving struggled again. Uh, I think I think we have the clip. Let's play the clip of Kyrie. To me, it sounds like Kyrie's taking some blame for uh, their failure. Let's play that clip. To your point, you guys went through so many things off the floor throughout the season. How much do you think all of those events impacted the way the team played on the floor?
3: Well, again, I think it was just really heavy emotionally this season. we all felt it. Um, I, I felt like I was letting the team down uh, at, a, at a point where I wasn't able to play. Um, you know, we were trying to exercise every option for me to play, but I, I never wanted it to just be about me. And I think it, it became a distraction at times. And, um, you know, as you see, we just had some drastic changes. You know, we, we lost a um, franchise player and uh, we got a franchise player back. but uh you know we didn't get a chance to to see him on the floor and um there was no pressure for him either to step on the floor with us either you know what i mean like ben's good we have been we have his back he's gonna be good for next year but now we just we just turn the page and uh look forward to what we're building
0: kyrie unvaccinated missed the first half of the season couldn't play in home games for much of the season uh again As we talked about yesterday, I blame Bill de Blasio, the mayor, not Kyrie Irvin. But Kyrie kind of being a stand-up guy there, you know, taking some of the blame for a disappointing season. Can I ask
2: you one question? He said, he just made the comment, he said, we lost a franchise player.
0: James Harden. And we gained another franchise player. Ben Simmons. He's a franchise player? Kyrie's trying to respect his teammate.
2: Look. McDonald's would call you a franchise customer. (laughs) But I don't know if I'm going to call Ben Simmons a franchise player. Come on, man. Let's make this go, man. Uh,
0: Job performance, Kyrie. Terrible uh, uh, first-round playoff series. I'm going to give him a 14 in job performance. I give him a 16. And I give him a 16, like he
2: said. He said he missed a lot of games. Hey, man, he missed a lot of games this year. Uh, So no matter how you look at it, you didn't perform, you missed them games. So it's going to cost you 16.
0: Character, I think he's a high character individual. I love what he stood on this year as it relates to the vaccine. I give him a twenty in character.
2: Uh, For character, I'm gonna give him uh, what the hell? I give him a twenty-five. I give him a twenty-five because he's he's a man of high character, man. He stands for what he believes in. You know, I give him credit for that, man. Right or wrong, it don't matter. He's gonna stand on something and he's gonna stick with it, and he ain't gonna do it just for the likes. For the tweets or the twerks. He's a man that's standing on something, man. I like him, but uh
0: authenticity. I don't know if you can be more authentic than you know what he stood on this year. He's against taking the vaccine. He didn't do it. He sacrificed a lot, including perhaps the success of his team. I think he's very authentic. I'll give him a twenty one. And I know he thinks the earth is flat. Uh, he's willing to say that. The guy's very authentic.
2: And based on the fact that he thinks that the earth is flat, because, you know, I'm a firm believer that I think that the earth is flat, and I respect this dude for this. Hey, man, you know what? Honest to goodness, man, I respect Kyrie, because you remember like two or three years ago, he had somebody say, and I quote, Kyrie, you know what? You ain't getting paid to try to talk intellectual. You just need to stop and just dribble the basketball. Stop trying to talk and be smart. And I'm like, Shay, (laughs) Shay. Don't do that to the brother. No, that brother don't need to be trying to talk and be smart. (laughs) Hey, man, I respect him, man. I respect him.
0: Good job. Why are you you messing with Shannon Al Sharpton? Uh, (laughs) It factor. Skip. It factor. uh, Damn, we both agree here. I give him a 17. I give him a 17. And so do you. I give him a 17
2: because the fact of the matter is, at least he made it to the playoffs. LeBron didn't.
0: (laughs) So... What you say, man? Uh, I got him at a grease fire at 72. You have him at an 83, a smoke show. Uh, I think the most of those are fair. You know, Jim, I got to say, I just felt my first hunger pain. I'm, I've reached the 49th hour of my fast. And I just, how, how, how many more
2: you got left? I got 23 hours left. Hey, man, you about at your point, man. You're looking good. You've proved your point. You made it into your skinny jeans. You starting to you starting to look kind of Ethiopianish, man. Stop doing that, man. Come on, look, look. You got
0: this, too. <laughs> Honestly, could you put the camera on me so I can see? Does does this jacket really look that big on me, dude? Look all up under there, man. If you was on a motorcycle, it would just be <laughs> for real. Look. What? Oh, oh come um, on,
2: man. <want> Congratulations, you look right here. Yeah, grab all of that. You gotta, you gotta go get one of them things that, uh, that Jada a, got, one of them chin does? She's
0: going turkey hunting, and they go, <laughs> I, I can do all that.
2: Stick your head out the window going down the highway. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think my chin's gonna be, I'm more worried about my gut. I keep losing. I'm gonna have all this extra skin that just falls to the I'm telling
2: you, you're just gonna get some round glasses and look
0: like Al Roker. That's. <laughs>
2: Over here, we got the hurricane coming through. <laughs>
0: Come on, man. All right, we got to go. That's tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Looking,
1: right time, looking like it's my time, feeling all kinds of freedom. These words are our religion, all regrets, and our decisions. We all want to go to heaven with freedom. It's my obligation, no hate, discrimination, raising up your hands for freedom. Raise up your hands for freedom. I just want, I want to be, I just want. I wanna be. I just want. I wanna be. I just.